everyone, I'm John Pataki, and this is Best One Since the Next One, the podcast that dies deeper than the drop in your Instagram followers once you get cheer smacked. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the pod, the podcast that don't. No, I'm not going to recover. Okay. The podcast that dives deeper than the drop in your Instagram followers once you get hashtag cheer smacked into genre entertainment and the fandom it inspires. <laughs> <laughs> There's a little bit of a content drought currently, and I'm immensely unemployed, so we thought it was a great time to devote an entire podcast to the Turn of the Millennium mega hit, Bring It On, and its myriad, or should I say, cheeriad sequels. But there's a shocking reveal that we have to get to first. Before I can do that, let's bring on today's guest. Here to talk about the Bring It On multiverse of cheerness is the sole proprietor of Into a Larger World fanzine. It's Kara DJ, everybody. We're here, finally. It's happening. For real this time. <laughs> For real this time. So let's get right to the reveal, shall we? Yes, definitely. This is a Bring It On episode mulligan because in October of last year, I thought it was a good idea to align our Halloween-themed episode with... <laughs> I... <laughs> no, let's let's back it up a little bit. First of all, you and I have been talking about doing a Bring It On episode for forever. For ages. Is there an anniversary coming up? What should we do? How should we do it? It's like all we talked about. Definitely. So I was like, I have the perfect idea. Let's, there's a Bring It On horror sequel coming out on Sci Fi Channel around Halloween. So we can talk about Bring It On and then talk about Bring It On, Cheer or Die. Right. What ended up happening is we recorded the episode. It exists (laughs) only on a hard drive on a laptop that I don't own anymore. And in our memories. <laughs> I try to block it out personally. <laughs> <Me> but <too. laughs> Essentially what happened is bring it on, cheer or die. <laughs> cheer or die was so horrendously awful that <laughs> it killed the energy of the entire podcast. It really and did. even our joy about talking about bring it on was like mired by the fact that cheer or die was so bad. Was this your memory of it too? Did I, am I missing anything? No, I mean, you... T- you- <laughs> Well, like, because it was really fun to talk about Bring It On because we love that movie and it has such like a special place in our hearts. Definitely. But you, I think you texted me the next day and you were like, "We, I don't think we should put, or maybe like a little while later, you were like, I don't think we should put this out because we're both just like <laughs> so bummed out about Cheer or Die. Yeah. Okay. Because the conversation was lively around Bring It On and hopefully it, it will be again today. And then as they were like, let's switch gears to bring it on, cheer or die. It was like (laughs) someone actually died in the room. It's just, it's, I said before we got on recording, like, (laughs) it's like sad, bad. It's not like fun, bad, sad, bad, because it's like, it's bad in the way that isn't fun. It's just, it's just bad. There was nothing to even make fun of it for because it was so, it was trying so hard that it like wasn't even worth talking about. No. Um, But I think our approach tonight is like totally different totally like way better i think we both said like we feel way better about what we're talking about i think it's gonna make a lot more sense it's gonna be still like talking about things that are bad but like in the fun way yeah totally i think it's funny that that we didn't just say like let's just not do a bring it out episode we're like we have to do it somehow we're driven yeah we're driven people We're (laughs) cheer-termined. We're very cheernacious people, and we're just trying to make it work for all of you, so you better listen to this episode. Yeah, five-star reviews for this one, please. Yeah, I'm going to need, for doing this for all of you, I'm going to need at least five Apple Podcast reviews just from this episode alone. So (laughs) here's what we are going to do today. We are going to talk about the 2000 Peyton Reed-directed, Kirsten Dunst-starring film, Bring It On. We are going to do that. That's for sure. We're not talking about bring it on, cheer or die. 
what we did instead is something that I definitely came up with on my own. And Kara didn't name 10 minutes before we got on to record this podcast through a text message. (laughs) uh, (laughs) Is called Bad Sequel Roulette. So here's what we did. Excluding the original Bring It On, I put all of Bring It On sequels onto a like spinning wheel. And excluding Cheer or Die. <laughs> oh, and excluding Cheer or Die. Thank you. Because goodbye. Yes, it's over. At random, using the spinning wheel, assigned one of the 8,000 Bring It On sequels to Kara and myself. We didn't watch each other's movies. And we're going to basically tell each other what the movie's about, like book report style. Also with two truths and a lie about each sequel. So there's a lot going on, but we, it should be it should be fun. All of the sequels are direct to video. First, we're talking about Bring It On, then we're going to jump into Bad Sequel Roulette, and this is already a more fun episode than the original one. I so. agree. <laughs> <laughs> fully fully agree. <laughs> so, I mean, before we get going into that, the reason that we wanted to talk about Bring It On so much is that like we both really love this movie. We both have a strong attachment and relationship to it. Kara, what is your attachment and relationship to Bring It On? I definitely don't remember the first time I saw it. I was definitely too young to be watching it, but I, I think I didn't see it until it was out on video. And I it, it was the first, <laughs> it's probably the only movie that I remember I used to keep a tally of how many times I saw it. And I would tell people like, oh, I've seen it 17 times early. <laughs> I don't know why it was just it was just a a movie that I just I loved it. It was a and now it's become kind of like uh, it's on my list of like comfort movies. You know, it sounds like a cheer session, a cheer obsession, (laughs) a cheer obsession. (laughs) No. What am I trying to say? There's it's weird. It's like we'll we'll talk about the cheer language. There's there's a it's a there's some type of structure to it. It's it's like pig Latin. Sort of. <laughs> I have so many examples for you. Oh, dear God. Anyway. <laughs> it's, it's more like Smurf language, I guess. So cheer session sounded good in my head and then didn't translate to real life. So let's let's continue. What was your relationship to Bring It On when it first came out? It was one of those movies that I just got kind of dragged to. Um, I was still, I think I was a junior in high school. Mm-hmm. I got dragged to it and was like, this is a cheerleader movie. I'm a cool punk rock kid with a bad <laughs> attitude. Uh, this is going to be so stupid. And then I walked out of it loving it because you're not really into the the subversive stuff yet in high school. That more happens in college. But to me, it was fun because it was making fun of high school. It was making fun of the things that you are supposed to hate as like a stereotypical stupid punk rock kid in high school. It had a little surrogate character that I'm sure you'll talk about later on that you could kind of – it was corny, but you could could kind of latch on to him. I know you would like to latch on to him as well. Look, we all did. We all did. (laughs) So it kind of – Gave me uh, some hope that going forward that like, you know, Peyton Reed would be a a fun director to watch. Kirsten Dunst I was in love with at the time. And I just thought it was a really fun movie with actually something to say beyond just being like a parody of cheerleaders that like actually had some things to say about cultural appropriation, about um, about high school in general. So it's just a really fun take on the high school genre, which was huge at this time. It doesn't really hold up the best. There's a lot of like casual homophobia that's like kind of done in the weird way where it's supposed to be accepting and it's supposed mm-hmm. to be like kind of progressive sounding, but it was 2000 when we originally recorded. There was some contention about this, but I still think I'm right that one of the guys is pretending to be gay, feel up the cheerleaders. I didn't think that they 
ever thought that Jan was gay. Oh, so you thought he was just being a creep in general? Yeah. Okay. I didn't think that that was your take last time. Am I being presumptive that since he's a cheerleader that he was gay? I don't know. I mean, well, they're when they're in the car, after they pick Missy up and she's doing the little, little dance, they're talking about it. And Leslie says, Jan Street, while I'm controversial. So I always just thought he was a creep. I take it back then. He's just... Uh, <laughs> A total creep. So, but yeah, like I said, the movie kind of deals with some themes of assimilation and appropriation, cultural appropriation. Something I also thought that was really cool. This is a high school movie where the sports teams are presented as the losers. They're the idiots of the movie. And like the band is cool and the cheerleaders are cool. And obviously, like the cheerleaders are always cool in most things, but like the band being the real draw for the high school was something I related to as like a ex band geek as well. I love that. I love that it was like that people would go to the football games to see the cheer team. I thought that was very cool. (laughs) The football players would talk shit to the band and they'd be like, you just lost, man. We should probably just get back into it. It's time to rally the squad and prepare for nationals as we dive further into Bring It On. We're the best. We have fun, we work hard, and we win national championships. We have a problem. About what? You ripped off those cheers. We've had the best squad around for years, but no one's been able to see what we can do. We're in trouble. But you better believe all that's going to change this year. I swear, I had no idea. Do you think a white girl came up with those moves? This isn't about cheating. This is about winning. Can we just beat these buffies down so I can go home? We might have to have a rumble. I'll take out famous losers for $200. Shut up, moron! You want to make it right? Then when you go to nationals, bring it. That way, when we beat you, we'll know it's because we're better. I'll bring it. Don't worry. Come on, let's go get it on. You need a new routine, something amazing and fresh. We've been saying we're the best. Now it's time to put up or shut up. Let's do this. Join the squad. August of 2000, directed by Peyton Reed, uh, who got his start on the amazing seminal sketch comedy show, Mr. Show. Also, Upright Citizens Brigade. Another real favorite of mine that I could watch all the time, Down With Love. But then most recently, like two of the best Mandalorian episodes. Maybe two of the best to me and one of the best to you, it sounds like. Well. (laughs) Again, that's a different podcast. Right. Obviously, the director of the soon-to-be-released Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, which is a point we're at in movies now where we have movies called Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. That's coming out, like, really soon. We can't get into it, but, like, that's way sooner than – every time I see a commercial, I'm like, that's, that's like, tomorrow. Written by Jessica Bettinger. Originally, the movie was titled Cheer Fever. Jessica Bettinger pitched the movie as Clueless meets Strictly Ballroom set at the National High School Cheerleading Championships. The movie itself was passed over roughly 30 times before being picked up by Beacon Pictures. And like we said earlier, it has spawned 40,000 sequels that are straight to video, uh, including Bring It On Again, Bring It On All or Nothing, Bring It On In It to Win It, Bring It On Fight to the Finish, Bring It On Worldwide Cheer Smack, and... The infamous Bring It On, Cheer or Die last year. What ones did we cover? 
you'll have to stick around and find out later on. <laughs> Bring It On had a budget of $11 million, brought in $90.5 million at the box office, $17 nice. million its opening weekend, and stayed at number one for three weeks. It's crazy to think about a movie like this doing that these days. But yeah, seriously. Like I said, this was like that boom time for all the all the high school movies like She's mm-hmm. All That and American Pie and everything like that. So that was it was huge at this time. Speaking of high school movies, the film ranked number 30 on Entertainment Weekly's 2015 list of the 50 best high school movies. A uh, stage version of the film premiered at the Alliance Theater in Atlanta, Georgia on January 16th, 2011. The musical has music in it by Lin-Manuel Miranda. Never heard of him. <laughs> Who? Last but not least here, Roger Ebert panned the film at first and then later came <laughs> later came around calling it the Citizen Kane of cheerleading movies. It's so. the best quote. That's got to be on a super yakky t-shirt like you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that should be on a shirt for best one since the next one alongside the Tommy Lee Jones Batman Forever shirt that says, I cannot sanction your buffoonery. That's what he said to Jim Carrey, like at a bar while they were shooting the movie. Oh, that's very good. Hated him for the whole movie. Obviously starring Kirsten Dunst as Torrance Shipman, Eliza Dushku as Missy Pantone, Gabrielle Union as Isis. The love of Kara's life, Jesse Bradford as Cliff Pantone. Yeah, and then the members of Black, Shamari Fears, Brandy Williams, and Natina Reed made up the rest of ISIS's crew. We're just going to run down what happens in the movie and kind of talk about it from there. All right, so yeah, Torrance Shipman, a senior at Rancho Carne High School, Go Toros, is a cheerleader. Her boyfriend, Aaron, is heading off to college, and her cheerleading squad, the Toros, is looking to elect their next team captain, replacing Big Red, their fussy but effective leader, after she graduates. In her first practice as captain, their teammate Carver is injured, so Torrance is forced to hold auditions for a replacement and gains Missy Pantone, a skilled gymnast who transferred from Los Angeles with her twin brother, Cliff. Throughout the whole movie, there's a lot of amazing like face acting going on and like yes. real exaggerated like late 90s, early 2000s, like as if style <laughs> attitude towards each other. Love yeah. that. Is this the part where you do the um, your school has no gymnastics team part by memory or no? Oh, do you want me to? I would love you to. I transferred from Los Angeles. Your school has no gymnastics team. This is a last resort. Okay, so I've never cheered before. So what? How about something that actually requires neurons? I could do the whole thing. I can do that whole scene. <laughs> we have some idea now. Yeah, I could probably like sit down at a Google Doc and type the entire script if I'm being totally honest. That whole tryout scene is really great. And it oh, ends so with good. Eliza Dushku tearing it up but i still think they should have picked the robot guy there's like the guy that's doing the robot in silence who is that i love him it'd be a much different movie if they picked that guy i think it's the same guy that does the robot like out of the room at the beginning of um twin peaks and then a real just a quick nitpick that shithead brother which one of the all-time if not the most all-time shithead brother in a 90s movie he's playing a game boy color and there's a game boy camera in it yeah like, no no way dude there's no game associated with that that's a camera buddy yeah, because, well, the camera, did they use the camera for Pokemon Snap? We can't get into this. I don't remember. <laughs> I just don't know. I think Pokemon Snap was N64. You might be right. You might be right. I I only had, like, the big chunky gray one because that my, was, like, my mom's that I would play, like, Tetris on. And then I had one of the purple guys, but I never, like, did the fancy stuff. The big chunky gray one. That's what they called me in middle school. <laughs> Missy accuses the team of plagiarizing their cheers and drives Torrance to L.A. to watch the East Compton Clovers perform an identical routine. Isis, the Clovers captain, played by Gabriel Union, confronts the two in the parking lot after the game. And they said, what, the ultimate line? Hey! You guys enjoy the show? 
Yes, with the ethnic festivities to your liking today. And reveals that Big Red videotaped the routines for the Toros benefit. No way. Why did you do it, Big Red? The Clovers vow revenge on the Toros at the national competition. Torrance worries that she is cursed with bad luck after she dropped the spirit stick during a dare at cheer camp over the summer. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. Torrance and Cliff begin to get to know each other, and a mutual attraction grows between them as Aaron becomes more distant. 90s movies, this flashback to the spirit stick. One thing I forgot about like late 90s movies is they have a lot of like comical, like whoosh, whoosh, like like, like oh, yeah. cartoon sound effects to things, or like whoosh when they pull things out from under them. Really crazy, like foley work on all the 90s movies. But Very um, true. Didn't you pitch for the Cheer or Die episode that the spirit stick should have been what everything rallied around? What, what the like the origin of evil should have been the spirit oh, stick touching the ground? Didn't we talk either, about that? That was either you or me, but that's genius. Or like if that was a weapon in some way. We're not talking about Cheer or Die. The spirit stick should have been should have like initiated like a final destination type scenario Yes, exactly. where it touched the ground and everyone's cursed with bad luck. So they're dying and they don't know why. Yeah. We're going to pitch that movie. TM, TM, TM. That's all us. This is the part where they introduce, I don't know if you want to hold the cheer language conversation until later, but I just have a lot of, I have a lot of additions to the list. Okay. And and they're going to blow your mind, but (laughs) (laughs) But this this, this movie uses it very sparingly, and it's very iconic. Because this is where they introduce cheer-tatorship. The cheerocracy. I don't know about her. Okay. Let's get one thing straight. This is not a cheerocracy. I am the cheer-tator. I make the cheer-cisions around here, and I will deal with the cheer-onsequences. Now, if there are no more cheer-ruptions, we can cheer-tenue. This is also the part two where like it's the best of the '90s rom-coms and the dance movies put together, but it's yes. also this like weirdly progressive movie for the '90s or late or early 2000s where the Clovers kind of have a lot of agency, and it's this movie about getting two schools together. Yeah, I like that. There's no like, and we'll talk about this when we get to my uh, roulette choice, but I like that there's no like, there's no outstanding villain. You know, like even the people who right. are jerks, like Courtney and Whitney, like they have like you have kind of a soft spot for them you know and like right it's not like the 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 toros are like the big bad but you also like so you're kind of rooting for both at the same time which is like a weird thing and like looking back on it i feel like it's that feels kind of rare absolutely and it, yeah. it, it would be like one one school is pitted against the other you know there is some of that like the school is underfunded they can't make it to finals because they don't have the money to do it. But then right. like Torrance tries to give her the check from that they've raised for them. They're like, we don't want your fucking money. Like, right. get out of here. We're doing this ourselves. And it's like a very late 90s, early 2000s version of being progressive. But they were right. trying. <laughs> they were trying their hardest. Torrance comes back and informs the Toros about the routines. The team votes in favor of using the current routine to win. Uh, the Toros next home game, Isis and her teammates crash the party. And probably the most notorious part of the whole movie. The best. They mirror the Toro's routine in front of the whole school, completely humiliating all of them. This is, first of all, this is the it's all right, it's it's okay, you're going to pump our gas someday part. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But just the part where they're up in the stands, like like mimicking the dance, is like completely burned in my memory. It's so good. We're the best, so score them points, you win the game, we'll rock this joint. Go Toro's, go Toro's, go, go, go Toro's. Like shit, but we're the ones who are down with it. 
when can we have the Gabrielle Union talk? Because right now, let's do it. Oh my God, she's a star. So, she's so good in this movie. She's a superstar. Iconic is so overused, but like, there's no other way to describe it. She's just so good, and like, I wish, I definitely wish that, like, obviously, the other Clovers were more like fleshed out, and that they weren't just kind of like people in the background, but. You don't need it because she's just so strong. Like she, she's just so good. Like yeah, she's blowing everybody else off the screen whenever she's on. So you immediately just want to like be her and like oh my god. And then like a lot of the stuff that she said like uh, around some of the anniversaries and stuff about like she had I think a lot of input into the role and like mm-hmm. uh, I really think that's awesome. I loved reading that it's kind of inspired by Michael Jordan. <laughs> like that was part of partially her inspiration. And like, I don't know, she's just really good. Like, that's one of my favorite parts on the the rewatch of this is just the Gabrielle Union of it all. She's just really good. Because <laughs> you remember as a as like a Kirsten Dunst vehicle, but it's really the Gabrielle Union movie. Right. It and really like, is. she's great, too. And I love Eliza Dushku. And I, I don't think anyone else could have played that role. But Eliza and and obviously it was such a, a star making turn for, for Kirsten. But yeah, Gabrielle Union is really She's really something else. And I love that, like, there's a, a lot of a lot more Clover stuff in the trailers that isn't in the movies. And Gabrielle said that it was because, like, test audiences just, like, wanted more of them. So they just filmed these scenes, but they're only they're just they were just for the trailers, which is, like, so depressing. Oh, but yeah. So after advice from Aaron, her soon to be ex-boyfriend, Torrance recruits the team to raise money through a car wash and hire choreographer Sparky Palastri, played by Ian Roberts uh, from Upright Citizens Brigade. This was the part that got me hook, line, and sinker in the yes. theater when I first saw it because I was a huge, huge Upright Citizens Brigade fan at the time. Understanding that Peyton Reed was a part of the writing team for Upright Citizens Brigade makes a lot of sense to me now because yeah. I, I was like, why is he in this movie? Um, but again, speaking of blowing people off the screen, he's fucking hilarious. You, you have weak ankles. One of your calves is bigger than the other. Too much makeup. Not enough makeup. What's with the skin? Say it with me. Sunlight. Male cheerleaders. Enough said. Smile. Don't smile. You know, it's a little rough. There's some like body shaming elements to it even somehow still he's just like hilarious so Palastri teaches the Toros a quote-unquote brand new routine and the importance of spirit fingers but at regionals the team scheduled before the Toros performs Sparky's exact routine uh turns out all along that Sparky has been hawking the same routine up and down the west coast the Toros nearly face disqualification but are granted their place in nationals pending a new routine there's a part in here where Elijah Dushku is like sleeping over she's like opining about her brother no, um, Kirsten Dunst is sleeping over their house. Yeah, that's a, that, yeah for sure. That's I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and there's like the world's horniest toothbrushing scene. So Kirsten, good. Kirsten, flirtation back and forth without saying a word. Like suggestive toothbrush acting that I didn't really realize the first time. Then there's your favorite part where she falls asleep. Part where he's like superimposed over the bed. Yeah, when she her. turns, she's laying down on the pillow and she turns her head and then it like fades into him facing the same way in his room. Like. That definitely, as a teenager, like <laughs> happened in my head with guys that I had a crush on. <laughs> <laughs> ah, young love. I just love the 90s-ness of it all with the Matchbox 20 and Sugar Ray posters all over the place. It's perfect. Um, 
Big Red chastises Torrance for her inability to be a leader and says that she made any mistake as a squad leader. It was not stealing cheers, but rather announcing Torrance as her successor. Ooh, drama. Hmm. Crushed by Big Red's words and her failure to lead the squad successfully, Torrance considers quitting. Aaron recommends that Torrance step down from her position as captain and considers to sell her out to her team rivals, Courtney and Whitney. Cliff sees Torrance and Aaron together kissing. He severs his friendship with her. Torrance breaks up with Aaron after confronting him about being distant and not believing in her and catches him cheating. It's all going to hell for Torrance. But we got to talk about a song. Oh, the mixtape. Oh, you are. Okay, sorry. (laughs) I'm not going to skip the song. I'm sorry. Uh, She uses Cliff's previous encouragement and his like super cringeworthy mixtape for her as inspiration for the team to have a real original routine. Let's talk about it. I do not think it's cringeworthy. I think it's perfect. (laughs) It's really nice. I did do the same thing. This might be projection, but I did do the same thing for a girl in high school. I wrote a really like super sappy sentimental song and recorded it and like put it on a mixtape. So maybe it's me just like projecting embarrassment on the situation. It's more so like (laughs) Kirsten Dunst, like her her, like bed freak out that she does is so funny. It's also honestly like. It's realistic. Sorry. Like, it is. <laughs> no, I was just saying it's bad. It's just really funny because she's just like, she loves it. Oh, Torrance, can't stand your cheerleading squad, but I love your pom-poms. I feed you bonbons all night. One, two, three, four. And the set decoration in her room, by the way, is like very well done. There's the posters, but then there's also stuff that you can tell is like supposed to have been there since she was little, but just she hasn't taken it down yet. Like I had like Barbie stickers on my wall until I was like 16 because I just like didn't take them down. And so I just find that very realistic. I love looking at like bedroom sets and stuff. And uh, next time you rewatch it, definitely focus in on her bedroom decor. It's very Mm -hmm. well done. Cliff's bedroom is also very uh, accurate where it's oh, like so an good. all like an all white room, nothing on the walls, but like punk rock posters exactly. that he got <laughs> got from like Hot Topic or like Gadzooks or something like that. Uh, <laughs> rich kid punk rock bedroom where it's like nicely carpeted. He's got a bunch of nice stuff around, but like he's got his Clash poster for sure. The Toros learn that the Clovers are unable to get the funds to pay for nationals and Torrance asks her father's company to sponsor the team. Isa says no. She flat out refuses, calling it guilt money. Instead, the Clovers write in to, this is probably my favorite part of the whole movie, local talk show host Paulette to get the funds needed to go to Florida. I like. I wish Paulette was like a real show because I, I would agree. watch it every day. I would watch it every day. She's so fucking funny. This part is so funny. I miss uh, that style of talk show too. Like, just oh so yeah, funny. totally. Like the Ricky Lake or like the um, Donahue, Donahue, Sarah, Je- Sarah, Jess- Sarah, what's her name? Sarah, Sarah Jesse Raphael. It's so hard to say. It is. Sarah Jesse Raphael. I'm not sure I've ever said that out loud before. Sally, 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 Sally Jesse Raphael. That's why. That's why it's so hard to say. At nationals, both the Toros and the Clovers make it to finals with Cliff making a surprise romantic appearance in the audience to cheer the team on. Go, Torrance. I love you. Torrance and the Isis give each other last-minute advice. Say, like, hey, we understand each other. They find their common ground. And ultimately, the Clovers come out victorious with the Toros coming in second. Despite their loss, the Toros and Clovers leave with a newfound respect for each other. Cliff and Torrance kiss, and we're treated to a really aggressive blooper reel as the credits roll. They win money at this Mm -hmm. event? 
Is that is that real? Is this, I, yes. I feel, like, I feel like high school teams don't win money yet. Wait, I looked this up. Hold on. I couldn't find a prize amount, but the UCA National High School Cheerleading Championship is is real. It's been like for over 40 years. It is in Florida. And I sure. think they do win money. I think. That's so weird. Like, I don't know why that's so weird. They get like a big novelty check for like $25,000. It's usually just a trophy that's like eight feet tall, I think. Right. Would it be, is it like money for the school? Is it probably, money for them? Probably like for like, the program. Okay. Like probably like to help them travel. So then it would make the cost for each athlete to participate a little less. I mean, this, I'm totally spitballing. If you're a cheerleader, please write in. I can pretty much guarantee no cheerleaders listen to the show, but hey, that's okay. You never know. I don't want to like, pigeonhole the listeners. So yeah. let us know if you ever won money in a cheerleading competition in Florida. <laughs> I'll do more research. Next time I'm on ta- to talk about like, I don't know, whatever crazy thing we talk about next, I'll be like, just so you know. A follow-up segment on the giant novelty check from Bring It On. Love the it. blooper reel is great. I always, I always, always, always love a, a blooper reel. Me uh, too. The, the, hey, the Hey Mickey really is kind of the opposite to me where they they're all like really playing for the back of the audience so that hey, I mean part, I was but. like I was like 12 so I loved it a lot and also this the band that's singing the cover is Bewitched and I loved Bewitched Oh I didn't realize that I know oh, Bewitched Oh yes um so it was a win 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 for me <laughs> Isn't it like it's like B star witch right yeah. it's not Yeah <laughs> They're Irish You're right John They're Irish they were the um, I don't think I'm speaking out of turn when I say my boyfriend, Sean, that was his first concert. I don't know if it was his first concert, but it was <laughs> up there. And they like climbed on this like rope while they sang this like really intense song. They climbed on this like rope cage. I can't talk about it. Bewitched was great. That's the point. <laughs> it's okay, Sean. My first concert ever was Amy Grant. So yeah, mine was um, Spice Girls. It was great. Spice Girls is like cool though. You oh, know? It was amazing. Yeah. I mean, I was like, only like seven, but it was great. I went from Amy Grant to Tool and the Melvins as my next show. So, wow. <laughs> Amy Grant's message did not work on me. Any any closing thoughts on Bring It On? I thought we should rate it out of I don't know, like pom poms or cheer sticks. I, I give it. I give it like a solid. It's hard. I mean, I feel like it's like a solid eight out of ten cheer jumps. Pom poms. <laughs> yeah, pom poms. I was thinking of some type of like split kick or something. Um, yeah, I give it like an eight out of 10 pom poms. It loses a couple for just the humor that didn't age well. And, you know, some of the stuff that's just kind of blah, but overall it's a great rewatch. It's a classic. It will remain a classic. It influenced so much stuff after it. Every cheerleader who is cheering has seen that movie and anyone who has cheerleaded since 2000 has seen it. It's just good. I think it's. I think this and the other cheerleading movie, but I'm a cheerleader, are like neck and neck for yeah. I can which see one that. I like better. I'm gonna go ahead and give this seven out of ten pom poms. Mm-hmm. That's like six people with two of them, and then like one person just like waving one in the air. <laughs> for a lot of the same reasons you outlined, where some of the stuff is like a little problematic now. Sure, um, but the parts that hold up really hold up, and it's still the parts that make me laugh still really make me laugh, and it's um, a classic. It's bring it on. You can't really go wrong. So I'm sexy. I'm cute. I'm popular to boot. I'm bitchin'. Great hair. The boys all love to stare. I'm wanted. I'm hot. I'm everything you're not. I'm pretty. I'm cool. I dominate the school. Who am I? Just guess. Guys wanna touch my chest. I'm rockin'. I smile. And many think I'm vile. I'm flying. I jump. You can't look.
Well, that's not true if it's bring it on. You can go wrong because let's talk about our homework assignment. <laughs> this is the first edition of Bad Sequel Roulette. We were randomly assigned two of the sequels to bring it on. Kara, do you want to reveal which bring it on you you got? Okay. So my <laughs> my sequel was 2009's direct to DVD and Blu-ray movie. <laughs> It was certainly a movie. Bring it on. Fight to the finish. Wow. Here we go. So what do you want to know? Tell me everything. This is the part I have to be a good active listener. So bring it on. Fight to the finish. It came out in 2009, straight to DVD, September of 2009. It is a film that exists. The... It is a star vehicle for the early 2000s to, I guess, mid-2000s diva Christina Milian. Oh, wow. Yeah. I will not speak ill of her. Um, there was a song. There was a song called uh, Dip It Low that she sang, I believe, which I did enjoy. Was there ever? I, I may have dipped it low. I dipped it a little too low. Oh, speaking of low, uh, this movie was d- directed by Billy Woodruff. <laughs> <laughs> that is the name of the director. He, I looked him up a little bit. Uh, there's not much to say, but what I did, <laughs> Billy B I L L E, mm, dubious. Yes. Uh, he. Okay. So there's not much to say, but what I did think was interesting is that he directed a lot of iconic music videos. A few too many by R. Kelly. But let's move on from oh, that. Yeesh. He worked very closely with Tony Braxton, and she he did do the music video for "Unbreak My Heart," as yeah. well as uh, "Where My Girls At" by Seven O Two. Oh man, he should have just stopped while he was ahead. I know, and my favorite that was on his list of music videos. There were a lot. Uh, my favorite was "You Make Me Wanna" by Usher. He also did two music videos by Black, so he has a connection to oh, the original wow. Bring It On. I know to the Bring It On Cheerverse. He's two degrees from the original film, which this was decidedly not. It is the fifth installment. It is the only film besides the first to have a a soundtrack album. (laughs) What are we doing with our lives right now? You're like, we're like info dumping, bring it on sequels to each other. I love it. Wait, this is my last interesting fact, okay? I had to be able to do something here. It's the only film besides the first seven album, and there's absolutely nothing good on it. Okay. Catalina Lena Cruz is a tough, sharp-witted Latina cheerleader from the hardcore streets of East LA who transfers to a posh, elite Malibu high school after her widowed mother remarries a wealthy man. Lena not only finds herself a fish out of her environment at her new school. What? It says a fish out of her environment? <laughs> that's not the saying. Is that, That's like a politically correct way of say, like not being like anti-fish is saying like uh, a fish out of its own environment. They're not all from water. I didn't realize that was weird until after I read it. Oh, that's funny. Okay. Uh, she's a fish out of her own environment at her new school. Oh, God. But she faces off against Avery, the wealthy popular and ultra competitive all-star cheerleading captain to qualify for her spot on her new school's cheerleading team with the help of her new quirky sheltered stepsister. This is a lot. (laughs) Skylar, her former teammates, Gloria and Trayvonetta. I don't know what to tell you. And Sky's underachieving cheer team, the sea lions. They realize their full potential, both on and off the court. 
But when Avery gets wind that Lena is not only coming after her at the Spirit Championship, but her younger brother, Evan, as well, Lena learns just how dirty she is willing to play. And that is a misleading sentence because it's Lena learns just how dirty Avery is willing to play. Thanks for clarifying. (laughs) Well, because I was watching it thinking, I was like, well, where's Lena's brother? Isn't that part of it? But then I was like, oh, okay, it's Avery's brother. Anyway, um, he wears a fedora. So there's that. It's only during one scene. That's everything you need to know right there. Only during one scene where they're, oh God, I can't even get into it. Okay. So, but what's interesting (laughs) is that she's on the high school cheer team, but the cheer team that they're against is actually not part of a school. It's like an all-star team. So it's like a league team, you know, like semi-pro, I don't know. But they have to be like sponsored by a gym. This is something that I have. This is something that I have with my movie as well, where I don't know all the ages of all the characters in are, are very much in question. And yeah, because like, they're is, all thirty. I mean, right? Like, yeah, right. And like, just what's going on with the affiliations? Like, are they high school? Are they this? Are they that? So I'm looking at my notes, and it says this is horrific. But anyway, so. I am going to read you my two truths and a lie now because I can't really talk about my main issues with this movie until I do that. And maybe that's going to give something away to you. I don't know. Okay. So, yeah, it's like your basic, like, she's not from around here vibe. And then they, they win in the end, even though, in my opinion, they were worse than the bad people's team. (laughs) But that's just me. They were both pretty bad. Okay. So, two truths and a lie. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's do this. I am going to tell you three outrageous things about this movie. One of them is a lie. Two are true. You are going to have to tell me which one is a lie. I'm going to fight to the finish on this one. Let's do it. The movie opens classically with a dream sequence, which I'm wondering if every Bring It On movie starts with a dream sequence. No. Oh, all right. Well, this one does. Uh, I don't know. That's all I got to say about that. Mine didn't. So that, I, I mean, okay. mine um, just busted your theory. So. so anyway, the movie opens classically with a dream sequence featuring featuring extremely stereotypical uh, Mexican young men break dancing to the song Lean Like a Cholo. Okay. That's, that's item number one. The protagonist's team, the protagonist, remember, is Christina Milian. Their okay. final number is literally just to a song by Christina Milian. Okay. And number three, the villain finds out that Lena, Christina Milian's friends, because what happens? Okay. Well, this is, this might be a lie. <laughs> I'm giving myself away because I can't wait to tell you this. Yeah. What the hell is this? I was like, you're just telling me the answer. <laughs> you still don't know if one of those first two is a lie. The villain finds out that Lena's friends skirted the rules to join her team. So her friends from her old school skirted the rules to join her team. And she calls them, they are Hispanic. She calls them illegal cheer migrants. Oh, no. And when she gets them expelled by revealing their rule skirting, uh, the sidekick of the villain says, don't blame Avery for getting them deported. That's a truth. Which one do you think is the lie? <laughs> I think I think the Christina Milian one is the lie. You're right, but the cat the credits are a Christina Milian music video. Okay, so, oh, so technically you you try to be sneaky about it. Uh, so your two truths are just very anti 
Hispanic racism in, in your... Just, it was so racist. Like, like okay, my first notes for the movie are, this is racist. Oh, it's a dream. It's a racist dream. I don't know if maybe, like, I'm not qualified to say that it's super racist. But the thing is, like, the, the bad people are racist, like the villain and the sidekick. But sure. then, but everything that everyone is doing is just really racially, like the the one friend's boyfriend. It's just not good. I'm going to go ahead and say that if you clocked it as racist in a cheerleading movie, it was probably racist. Yeah, dude, <laughs> so, it's real bad. Um, so there bad. are breakdancing, um, very stereotypical Mexican young men. It's worth a watch just for just for the awe factor of how blatant it is. But here's a couple um, little outrageous uh, cast-offs that didn't make my three. Uh, these are all true, and they are ridiculous. So uh, the movie features several blatant plugs for Lip Smacker, the chapstick. Okay, yeah, like yeah. They say That's the word Lip Smacker. They show the label. Um, this is like 2007, you said? Nine. 2009, that tracks. yeah. Yeah, it was like watermelon, I think. The final is awkwardly commentated by like a green screen Juliana Rancic <laughs> reporting for E! News. Wow, this made it to E? I guess. Um, they made it two minutes and 42 seconds before someone said bring it. Oh, wow. Um, and then somebody does say bring it on. And one of the songs is saying like, bring it, bring it on, bring it, bring it on. Um, and then, are we? When are we going to talk about our cheer vocabulary? <laughs> uh, let's talk about the cheer vocabulary right now. Okay, so here's the ones because you didn't have many in yours. Is that correct? That is correct. I had many, many, many. So here are the ones in this film. <laughs> Obviously, uh, illegal cheer migrant. I just don't know what to say. Uh, no offense, but you sound like you got a cheer bottomy. <laughs> that one's good. Uh, this girl's room is like a cheerzeum because she had like a lot of cheerleader stuff. Uh, oh I feel gosh. like I witnessed a cheer aside. Something about a cheerial killer. This is a living. That's good. That one's that one's actually really good. <laughs> yeah, I'm fine with that one. They should have um, used that in 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 cheer or die. I know. <laughs> this is a this is my living cheer mare. That's a reach. That specific one is a reach. And then uh, someone just had a cheergasm. And uh, yeah, I don't know. There's nothing much else to say. It's just they keep going to like these, you know, his like like dance parties on like this like in nondescript places with Hispanic music and the 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 white stepsister okay. at one point says like she Christina Milian's like, look, I know I can be stubborn and and the sister says loud. And I was like, geez, Jesus Christ, why are you doing this? It's just a really weird choice. I don't I don't know. So anyway, that's the movie. <laughs> what? <laughs> Sounds great. There's truly nothing For, else to say. Why was it called fight to the finish? I honestly don't know. I mean, they did fight until it was finished. <laughs> ah, fair enough. Okay. Nailed it. Fair enough. <laughs> Let's go ahead and rate it too. What would you rate it out of uh, out of ten pom poms? What would oh you give it? Someone, someone I work with, someone I used to work with is probably listening to this right now and being like, "He needs to find a job quickly." <laughs> <laughs> he's he's out here on his podcast talking about rating Bring It On movies out of ten pom poms. 
Oh god. Just wait until we're talking about like the Ice Age sequels and it's like yeah. eight out of ten. <laughs> Today in the podcast we're talking about the Land Before Time twelve. <laughs> Littlefoot's uh, you know. The rise of Littlefoot. Somehow Terry returned. I can't. Um so this this gets like two wilted pom poms out of ten. Too like wilted. wet. They're like wet. They're like because <laughs> it's it's ent- it's not not entertaining, but it's also not good. Nothing like a soggy pom pom, you know. <laughs> I've said that hundreds of times. <laughs> anyway, that's it. Move on. What's yours? Tell me about yours. I really am excited to hear about it. All right. So the fortunes and the fates landed on. Bring it on worldwide hashtag cheer smack otherwise known colloquially as worldwide cheer smack or known in the united kingdom as bring it on worldwide showdown because i think in britain they'd be like what are they talking about then mate cheer smack what is that mate so yeah bring it on worldwide hashtag cheer smack like of course i got this one we knew one of us was gonna land on this one we just it it was like we were like oh watch we'll get one of us is gonna get worldwide cheer smack and sure enough i get it directed by robert adatui uh written by allison faust starring a slew of no-name actors and then vivica a fox what was her check like probably like fifteen hundred dollars i really don't know uh (laughs) she plays she plays a character called the cheer goddess I was like, is that Vivica A. Fox? What is she doing here? This is another direct-to-video release released August 29th, 2017. So almost exactly 17 years after the original. Um, There's no relevance or importance to that number or fact. It just, I can add. So what what do we have to say about Worldwide Cheer Smack here? Uh, This is not one of my two truths or a lie. I had this fact as well, so I just wanted to share it. It's a minute and 37 seconds before Bring It On is is uttered. They say it takes a minute, 37 seconds before Bring It On is said in this movie, um, and it is said in a big way. It's this rabidly obsessed cheer fan with, like, face paint on in a crowd, and it does, like, a dramatic zoom to her face, and she goes, Bring It On! And let's, be, uh, let's be candid. You did send me a video of that as you yeah. were watching <laughs> I was like, Kara's got to see this. And sh- her response was, that's going to be me on the podcast later. Uh, but it was uh, really insane. I'll, I'll get my cheer vocabulary out of the way here, okay. too, as well. Um, like I said, not as many instances as your movie. Yours seems to be chock full of it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they said things like cheer liberty. You're a virtual cheer liberty now. That's, that's a good um, one, though. I'm into that. This kind of goes with your illegal cheer immigrant one, where Vivica <laughs> A. Fox, as the cheer goddess, who is like this, like, online influencer type personality who has like mm-hmm. a, uh, a YouTube channel says these between these two warring factions says, I don't, I'm not down with all this cheer on cheer violence, which is like real borderline. That's a lot to have a black person say cheer on cheer violence is like, it's you're pushing it. It's a choice. Felt weirdly problematic. This movie is, is uh, very crazy. It within the first 30 seconds. I was like, okay, this is an actual movie, not, cheer at eye level it like actually mm-hmm. felt like someone at least tried a little bit the parenting website common sense media did not agree with me though and said obviously bring it on worldwide cheer smack was made on the cheap the execution lacks flair depth and wit they just got roasted by common sense media which is like yeah. this is good for your children paw patrol is fun and it's like worldwide cheer smack sucks 
<laughs> and then DVD Talk reviewed the film, stating that it was especially forgettable and loses most of the cheer and cheerleading. But I'll give it points for at least being nice to look at, which I assume means like how it's made. I hope it's not like the creepy version of it where it's like, I hope so too. Look at these ladies. And then Cliche Magazine criticized the film's plot, but praised Vivica Fox's appearance in the film as being there. It's just like, it's good that she's in it. And then said that the chemistry and friendships of some of the characters are realistic. And I completely disagree with that because everyone seems to hate everyone seems to fucking say. hate each other everyone seems to hate each other in this movie like not just for movie, the movie's sake it seems like they actually hated each other in real life making oh, this movie wow. okay. uh it's 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 uh essentially the plot is that destiny is this bossy crazy confident cheerleader who completely ignores her team all the time she has a high degree of respect for Cheer Goddess, who is a retired cheerleader who has a five-time champion and now hosts a popular video podcast. This is a very on, annoyingly online movie. Everyone's like standing on bridges outside or like in parks, like <gasps> like constantly tuned into what's happening in the cheer world through like crazy hashtag feeds that are going by like It's like they're trying tape. to relate to the watchers in a way that just does not yeah, like and it's like like a 2012 vision of what the what social media was in 2017 <laughs> though. So it's like way behind the times already. All of the overlays for like the the channels are just like everything's just like full screen yeah. 90s style chirons underneath it. But I was like that's not how YouTube works. Like obviously everyone's glued to their phones in real life, but like it's like eight people crowded around an iPad on like a busy street like what's going on with these cheerleaders? And that's where I was like what are these teams because the movie starts like in media res. Like it just starts like in the middle of a routine. <laughs> You're and, just meant to figure it out. Yeah. And I was like, are these high schoolers? Are these grown adults? Are, who are these people? And they're doing a routine in, in like an alleyway, like on the on a rejected set from like in the Heights or something. They're doing this like routine in the middle of the city. But then all of a sudden the video feed starts like glitching out and gets hacked by this group called the truth these people in like basically v for vendetta masks and i'm not this is not like a fever dream like this is not me having like an episode on the podcast this is like really what happens in the movie is like this they're like do not adjust your dials the truth is taking over it's like um cheer anonymous anonymous cheer anonymous <laughs> they take over and they're like rebels the name the name of their squad is the rebels because of course it is and, and they're like yeah. rebels you think you're all that way do you handle this from the truth they're so embarrassed and then from that point on is when they start saying that they got cheer smacked they never tell you what a cheer smack is they're just like you don't know what it's like to get cheer smacked so publicly and you're supposed to figure it out through context clues but it's really <laughs> it's really crazy because they're like oh. what are we gonna do about getting cheer smacked and i was like what is Cheer smacked mean because to me, cheer smacked just means that an anonymous like group just hijacked your video feed during a performance. This yeah, happens they just, like, frequently or something like this happens all the time. And they're like, <laughs> oh, I can't believe we just got cheer smacked. Like and so being humiliated on this live feed by the truth leads to a, a, a global cheer smacking. Everyone's sending in like videos like rebels. You think you're all that we challenge you to um, what? <laughs> To a cheer smack, to a worldwide oh, cheer down. People start quitting the team because they're getting like destroyed online. Destiny's like, whatever, whatever. We'll just replace them with people. Uh, so they go to this place that looks like the Max from Saved by the Bell to recruit men for the team. Earlier in that day, she saw a bunch of street dancers that were hanging out in the street, street dancing. <laughs> they were, as, they as they like, are, as they are wont to do. Yes. <laughs> as a street dancer does. <laughs> 
she was like, you guys aren't all that. And they were just like, oh, it's just a bunch of cheerleaders. Check it out. You want to hear my favorite cheerleader joke? And they tell a joke. And at first I didn't get it. And then when I was signing you in to record the podcast, I was like, oh, I get it now. But he's like, why was the cheerleader so mad when she passed her driver's test? And the guy was like, why? And she's like, because she thought she got an F in sex. And I was like, what? I still don't get it. Please explain it to me. Because her driver's license says F for female under sex. Oh, yeah. oh that's good. Yeah. So at, at first I was like, that makes absolutely zero sense. But then I was like, actually, that's that's a pretty good one. So I'm gonna I'm gonna keep that in my back pocket the next Don't time. Don't ever I, tell that joke ever. Thank you. The next time I cheer smack someone, I'm gonna tell them that. She obviously is like, I know just the guys for the team. They have like a dance battle battle to figure out, you know, like if you win, you join our team. But if we win. But if you guys win, I'll post online like hashtag. There's a lot of like hashtag gross, like hashtag. I don't think so in this movie too, like hashtag in the dialogue. So she's like, I'll tell them that you're hashtag the greatest dancers of all time. And they're like, to, who? So they, to, the, to the street dancers to get them to join the team. No, but she'll tell who? The world, the oh, internet, okay. social media, Instagram. So while the two parties the have void. difficulty, she'll shout it into the void. Yeah, she's like hashtag greatest dancers ever from a uh, from a, like a padded room. Sure. The two parties have difficulty getting along, and then they do this dance off. So Destiny then starts having this budding romance with Blake, one of the dancers, who of she course. later figures figures out is a graffiti artist named Bink or Blink or something like that, and she starts to realize that like different influences can be part of dancing, you know, which is important for later. So Willow, another member of the team, the rebels, this is, it's like the plot is like insanely confusing for like an hour and a half cheerleading movie. And you're supposed to like, remember these people's names. And I was like, who is this person? So Willow on the team, Willow is very important to the plot comes up with some new routines, but destiny is like, I don't think so. These are trash. You're trash. Willow, you suck. And she's like real hard headed and thinks she's the only one that can lead the team after some self-reflection, Destiny decides to be more open-minded because during this whole process, she has been writing in, like, or like doing like video blogs and like logging on to talk to the cheer goddess Vivica A. Fox on her podcast, I guess, in crazy disguises, like kind of doing like confessionals to the cheer goddess about how how she's trying to be a leader, but no one wants to follow her, and she gets all this advice from the cheer goddess, who then. The cheer goddess proposes marriage. Oh, sorry. On the podcast, proposes marriage to Desi, and she quits cheerleading, and they, they go off to podcast together forevermore. No, uh, <laughs> she proposes a worldwide tournament that would be voted on by the people of social media ah, yes. and pres- pressures Destiny and the Rebels to, to, to be a part of it. Before this, though, <laughs> this is like it's multi tiered. Destiny, before she started going on the, the cheer goddess's show, was ranting and raving on these like video blogs. Uh-huh. about how her team doesn't get it and how they're not driven and she's like talking shit about them on these vlogs those get leaked ah. and her whole squad sees it oh and so all the members are like we're out destiny you can suck it we're out of here and then eventually it comes out during because this is like the low moment of the movie where she's like i can't believe i did that right. Life's terrible she eventually puts together that the truth like the cheer anonymous group yes. was formed by her former teammate Willow. So it was like a self smack. Yeah. They got, they got self cheer smacked. Oh. <laughs> uh, and it was like, it, they formed the truth to be like, you're too strict. We want to point out your flaws. A lot of her older squad mates had joined the truth and that's why they were all masked up. I was, I was honestly like, Oh, 
<laughs> I gotta say, I'm like, I think I did a, a horrible job of describing my racist movie. No, you did good. I want to watch Worldwide Cheer Smack. <laughs> I don't know if it's that good, but okay. I so Destiny and Willow are like the Predator, Carl Weathers, and Arnold Schwarzenegger meme, and they get back together and high-five yes. and shake on it and decide to make do with who's left over. But are they surprised to see some former members, including Roxanne, Hannah from the group? Who? <laughs> it's fine. Okay. Yeah, it, whatever. Does It doesn't matter. The other group's kind of falling apart. Ultimately, the Rebels partake in the Worldwide Cheer Smack competition. And they compete against the the truth, but the truth is unmasked now. Oh. Hey, Kara, guess who wins? The Rebels? The Rebels. The Rebels. Oh, okay, the Rebels overcome adversity in the end, and they take home they so take the home truth, the win. the truth really was a lie. That's really, it's it, it's layered. It's a very layered movie. It's, it's this really weird mix of like V for Vendetta, Mean Girls, LOL Surprise Girl. <laughs> and then bring it on. Like, it's this weird, yeah. like, it's just this blender of, like, stuff that does not go together at all. It's, like, mm-hmm. fish, berries, and, like, peanut butter in a, in a smoothie blender. Like I said, it's a very, very online movie. Constant just streams of information going on all our devices yeah. at all times. <laughs> um, now that that stirring summary is out of the way, it's time for my two truths and a lie. I'm so excited. Choose the lie from this group of three. I will. If... You do a bring it on expert, you will be. (laughs) During one scene, three essentially teenage men are drinking Smirnoff ices in broad daylight on the sidewalk in the middle of the street. That's one. Brandon? There's a Uh, Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Okay. There's a scene where one member of the cheer squad stops a mugging by doing a cheer routine and kicking a gun out of the robber's hand. Three, the main character has over 1 million Instagram followers, and all she does is cheer. So she has a million Instagram followers for just, like, being on this team, the Rebels. That's realistic, though, because I've seen people have a million followers for far less, less. sadly. (laughs) I'm going to say the lie is (laughs) I want the Smirnoff Ice thing to be true so bad. So I think the lie is the gun is kicking the gun. I don't think there's a I don't think there's a, an on-screen gun in Worldwide Cheer Smack. You're correct. Oh, the, the Smirnoff Ice thing is correct. They're they're like go back to like ask them to join the the squad. They're all just drinking like Smirnoff Ices in broad daylight and just That's like incredible talking shit about the cheerleaders. It's really crazy. I really want um, a Smirnoff Ice now. There's a weird like anti-Hispanic through line through all of Bring It On movies apparently then because there was – one of them I was going to use before I switched it out was during the scene where they go to recruit people from like that diner. Yeah. There's a guy that goes like, if I had a choice between the, joining the Crips, the Bloods, or your stupid squad, I'd be a gangbanger for life. And I was like, what the fuck? What like, you, why so, is this happening? We've uncovered a thread of like anti-Hispanic – hate speech in the bring it on movies so sorry like you know how you said like yours your blender ingredients i feel like bring it on fight to the finish was like all the like racist parts of rob schneider stuff didn't you know what i mean like yeah yeah totally that mixed with like step up to the streets um because it was not there was very little cheer it was a lot of dancing and then a little bit of like we're going to watch a Disney Channel movie. That's not of your time. But a Disney Channel original movie. It's got that vibe. 
How old do you think I am, Kara, that you think that's not of my time? I thought that you were grown then. But anyway, yeah, that and then like a Motorola flip phone blend fight to the finish. You mean the greatest phone of all time? I'm definitely not going to watch Bring It On Fight to the Finish. I'm definitely not going to watch Worldwide Cheers. This episode was not a cheer catastrophe. It wasn't. If you think it was a cheer catastrophe, you should have heard the cheer or die episode. So, Kara, anything else you want to add about Bring It On in general before we head out? Uh, don't watch Fight to the Finish. Don't watch Worldwide Hashtag Cheer Smack. Do <laughs> rewatch. Do rewatch the first Bring It On, though. Can you yell Bring It On one time before we leave? Bring It On. You can do better than that. I can. <laughs> All right. I'll fix that in, in post. Yours was um, too good. <laughs> I'm just going to add a lot of like uh, echo effects to it and crank the volume up on it. Bring It On. So this has been our Bring It On episode slash our bad sequel roulette for Bring It On. If you like what you heard today, make sure to follow us at B1N1Pod on Instagram. Make sure to follow us, rate, review, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Like I said, we expect five Apple Podcast reviews from this episode alone. Make sure to ring the bell and give us five stars on Spotify so you can follow along on there and never miss an episode. Thanks to Christian Cremo for our theme music. And also thanks to Kara DJ for being here. And finally completing the bring it on episode promise we did it we did it thank you so much and uh we will see you next time with another special episode of best one since the next one thanks for listening bring it on on!